0: We doing? Are we good? Great. Yeah.
1: Fantastic. Thank you so much. Welcome to uh, Anything Could Be a Podcast podcast. Obviously, not the most popular show in town, but <laughs> we will be the funniest one inside of an upstairs comedy club in Camden on a Sunday, starting at 8:02 and wrapping around just before nine o'clock. Yes? <laughs> yeah. yeah. What? Fuck yeah! Your enthusiasm is yeah. excellent. <laughs> I, like it. I like again. I like it. you have that warm Sunday energy where you're like, you know, we woke up late. Possibly pancakes, possibly hungover, possibly a newspaper involved. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, we gotta do something. We have to do it. Sunday. Yeah. Last Sunday, we just did the washing and we argued over who's to do the dishes. And then, but no, today we're gonna go, we're gonna find a Canadian who's wearing a plaid shirt. No undershirt, first time I've ever done that. It's yeah. an audio <laughs> podcast, I'm describing it for the audience. And I don't care for it, I feel like I'm at a nightclub trying to sell cocaine as opposed to making up a show. So basically for those of you that don't know this is a podcast, people actually listen to it. It makes me feel really good. Most of them are in Scotland, and they email me when I don't put out a new episode. (laughs) And and their emails, i got to be honest, are quite harsh. And one of them sends it to me in Scottish dialect. So it's like, "Arg, where's me episode, ye cunt? You're going into a stereotype, brother. So uh, the podcast is available at uh, johnhastingscomedy.com. Uh, the next live episode is uh, back right here at the Camden Comedy Club, November the 1st. I remember to turn the recorder on. I just <laughs> had a panic attack uh, about that. So how the show works is it's a completely improvised hour of stand-up comedy uh, provided by me. And your guys' job is to laugh when you think it's funny or stare at me uncomfortably when you don't <laughs> care for it. Um, you guys are good because you are laughing, but you're doing that quiet, nervous laugh of a small audience where you're like, we don't want to be seen laughing at something the other people don't laugh at because we can see their face so all of you cover like your mouth a little bit when you <laughs> laugh which is the cutest the you all go, <laughs> 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 as if there's a crime it's fine guys you can laugh or not laugh it's f- either way i th- m- it's free, so fucking, <laughs> you're lucky I'm even talking, uh, okay. um, I, I like right, I got it, uh, by the way, it's pay what you want at the end, so if you have money, uh, put it in my little glass jar, and if you don't have money, well then how did you get here, um, so basically the show, each show is, is titled um, by my friend uh, Paul Harrison, he lives in Canada, I'm from Canada, where are you, where are you guys from? From Serbia. From Serbia, Dobro? Thank you. Okay, Thank good. you. Good. Very good. Very good friend of mine named Nem is from uh, Serbia and uh, it's the only Serbian word. I know. <laughs> it means good, right? It means good. Fuck yeah, see? <laughs> Pretty impressed, right? And you guys are from? Vietnam. Vietnam. I don't know any Vietnam. Vietnam. Well, that was the most fucking insensitive thing. I don't know any Vietnam words. What? Vietnamese. Pardon me. I know. I only know one thing about your country, and <laughs> that's that Apocalypse Now was based uh-huh. in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You thought I was gonna bring up the war, sir? I didn't. <laughs> yeah, I thought so. Yeah. Yeah, I know you did. But you laughed. <laughs> do not do that. Uns- yeah. Fuck you, asshole. I didn't bring up the war that happened in your country either. So. Oh, how- uh,
0: I'm from Brazil.
1: Oh, fuck! <laughs> I didn't bring up shaved pussies. So how are uh, you calm down? <laughs> For those of you listening at home, um, I've made the um, the room a tad uncomfortable. Uh, by bringing up dark moments in all of their country's histories <laughs> because I like to dig myself a hole and then work from there.
0: <laughs> um,
1: and so the uh, the show tonight, it, titled by my friend Paul Harrison, he's a, not a comedian, he's a PhD student in English literature specializing in the magic that is found within English literature. And I know you're all thinking, like magic as in references to magic. Oh no, you'd be incorrect. Uh, up until sort of, I think the Renaissance, he kind of explained, basically, There were people that thought because you get a reaction from literature in the same way you laugh at a joke or you cry at a poem, that that would be construed as magic. And there are still people in the world that believe that. And it's an idea of the uh, properties of alchemy of taking one emotion and turning it into another are still throughout all of literature and have influenced the way human beings process uh, literature. The royal family for a long time employed a magician. The most famous one was a guy named John Dee uh, who helped uh, counsel uh, Elizabeth I on the Spanish Armada, and his advice uh, led to uh, the Spanish losing that war. And what's up, buddy? Oh Thanks hello. for showing up. How are you doing? I knew people were gonna come yeah, like yeah, What's there's up? A, there's a queue. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, there is. But, forming, you, they're all coming. but you guys broke from the queue and just came on yeah, in. Yeah, we were like five bands. Yeah, fuck yeah. yeah like no, we them our VIP What was that? We had VIP bands. So. Oh, VIP bands. Yeah. yeah, yeah, totally. What's up, guys? How are you? Good, good. How are you? Very good. The show has just started. Perfect timing then. Do you know what the show is? um Podcast. It is a podcast. But she didn't. I don't want to ruin it for her. Uh, you want me to explain? You, you, you ruin that for yourself. I will fucking thank you very yeah. much, brother. <laughs> May I say your energy is fantastic yeah. in that it's a bit intense, but lovely. It's Good. like a very, it's like a thick scone.
0: Yeah. It's like, it's like a typical British person.
1: Though. No, 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 no. Because a typical British person, when you walk in, I went, hey, you would have gone, uh-huh, and left. <laughs> then, you guys are very afraid of people speaking to you, and yet conquered the whole Word? Word? Fuck. This is basically, uh, it's an improvised show uh, that's recorded for a podcast. Hence, this weird apparatus on my knee. I can't really get the microphone working. Me and a hipster dude named Jake, we stared at that board for a good solid 40 minutes, and we pressed almost all the buttons, and none of them did the things we wanted them to. So, did you
0: try and record?
1: I got this thing working. No, no, no. Uh, it's I mean, being recorded. It's yeah, yeah. Good, good. I got the important thing going. It's just the sure amp- yeah. Fuck yeah. What's your name, brother? Dan. Dan. What do you do for a living, Dan?
0: Pleasure. Uh, I work in fashion.
1: You work in fashion? Yeah.
0: uh, Ironically. Mm. Why ironically? (laughs) Because of this. (laughs) (laughs) There is
1: nothing wrong with that (laughs) shirt. Thank you for coming. All right. (laughs) For those of you arriving late, this is Dan. He works in fashion, and he claims that his shirt, which is a beautiful kitten, shouldn't allow him to work in fashion. (laughs) I disagree. It's.
0: Isn't that fucking
1: delightful? Again, I, I I had. We'll start the show in a second. This last week has been very hard. What? I'm not turning it off. They will. What's up, guys? Thank you so much for showing up right on time. And um, may I say, it's been it's been a hard week for the London hipster. Um, Shortage had held those anti gentrification. Uh, protests. I was there when it
0: was happening.
1: Were you there? Not
0: involved. I, was there. I assume,
1: <laughs> based on your t-shirt yeah. and glasses, brother.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was a like, what the
1: fuck is going on? Like, I was like, right in the middle of that. What was it fucking like? Okay, but... but that kind of, of, assholes being arseholes. Where the fuck did these people come from? No, also, no. Shortage has been like that for fucking six years and they're only getting the news now? Like, yeah. they're not, they not on Twitter? Are they still communicating via pager? What the fuck is going on? Also, that's, that's Cereal Cafe. I went to it now and I just bought a coffee. Because fuck it, I'm now doing what the, in Israel there's this phenomenon which is if a business is attacked in some way, the community immediately um, uh, supports it. And so it then became a big problem throughout the early 2000s of uh, people were intentionally burning down their buildings and then blame it, blaming it on Palestine in a hope of encouraging more business. So it doesn't really work anymore. And I'm taking the good part of that which is supporting businesses under attack such as my beloved Serial Killer Cafe, and going in there, and you know what, the coffee? It wasn't very good, but I drank it with pride, because fuck you, you're not going to tell me I can't pay five pounds for a bowl of cereal. I'll fucking do it. Do I like having orange juice in a jam jar? Every fucking day. Do I own vinyl records? Yes. Do I own a record player? Fuck no. They're playing on the wall. People need to know what my music is, and that I don't listen to it. It's just, it fucking drives, and we're in Camden, with people fucking tell me all the time, oh, Camden sucks now. You should have been in Camden in the early 2000s when you could buy mushrooms for five pounds and everyone was on heroin. Mushrooms are great, I've met junkies. They're not a great time. They want to have my money and they don't wanna talk about cool things like the music that was inspired by heroin, they just wanna talk about where's the heroin. And so I'm so glad that we've all gathered here uh, and we're gonna fucking take the power back. We're gonna go after the anti-gentrification groups that are out there in England and we're gonna gentrify fucking everything. Take that! Guess what? Leeds, we're coming for you. No more fucking roundabouts and weird universities everywhere. It's going to be nothing but cafes. Do they serve coffee? No, they serve <laughs> sandwiches that are liquefied. No one will enjoy them, but they will be expensive. And because again, I, th- I can base on some of the fashion, you guys, like you would be, you guys, me a little bit would be, we would be hipsters. And I don't understand when it became bad to go into an area that is crime-ridden and then redo it with cool shops that sell every type of knick-knack you would never need. But do you buy a lunchbox, because it has a kitten on it that's also gold and looks like Lemmy from Motorhead? How much is it, 40 pounds? Yes, please. And it just, it's, it's fucking very weird. So you work in fashion, what specifically do you do in fashion?
0: Please don't let stop. <laughs> Listen, this is the... Sh-
1: like it has to suffer this like regularly i was like let's get out of the house so you don't have to listen to me talk about my work we'll, we'll do one sentence on it just because i'm intrigued cool. and then we'll, we'll move on okay so shortage hipster you,
0: uh, yeah. you run a fashion app yeah.
1: oh yeah. hashtag yeah. Fuck yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah hashtag gentrification what do you think the new social media thing is going to be uh, my app your app. Yeah. Except it's not yeah. social. <laughs> it's not social, so actually. Of course not, it's in the fashion industry. It's, it's an ironic social app.
0: Yeah. Oh and my god,
1: I'm, you're gonna make so much money. I'm gentrifying social, I'm making it personal. You're, you're, ter- yeah. you're gentrifying. Fuck yeah. social
0: social's like social. Are you
1: gymnastics. the mayor of Shortage? It's the greatest idea I've ever heard. Guess what, fuckface, your phone is not skinny enough. This app, it if it detects any other, any other apps that aren't ironically t- tweeting, it deletes them <laughs> and then sends you a text that says, really, still using Tinder? <laughs> uh, well, that's very exciting. And you guys, thank you so much for coming. Just to bring you up to uh, the f- show, is free to get in. Uh, it's pay what you want on the way out. Uh, and we want cash if you have coins. Give those to me as well, but they better equal the equivalent of a note. And I like to get the shitty corporate part out of the way. To download the show that you've listened to uh, live, go to johnhastingscomedy.com and support the show in other ways. Go to John Haste- johnhastings.bandcamp.com and buy some comedy releases. And uh, now let's fucking uh, kick the show in the dick. Each show is uh, titled. I was going into this before you guys arrived by my best friend Paul Harrison, not a comedian, PhD student slash metalhead. You know how you you know how you li- we've been walking through Camden to get here, and you see those guys with the long hair all lined up and they look like they're looking to punch themselves in the face and like every time they masturbate. Huh? Pardon me? Yeah, it was it was huh? No, 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 you're not a metal metal head. She's a dude with long yeah. hair. Yeah, guy. Are you a guy? Okay? Yeah. I can't tell, I'm sorry, it's very dark. Are you, are you joking <laughs> with me? You never know in
0: this day and age.
1: <laughs> I, you can't offend anyone at this point, and I'm not trying to, but if someone goes, I'm a guy, you just gotta go, fuck it. You could have said, I'm a cocker spaniel, and I go, I respect your right to be a cocker spaniel. You are gonna have to give me a second of adjustment, though. Are, are you a, a metalhead?
0: Not a metalhead. I'm a girl. I'm not a cocker spaniel.
1: We're just trying to gentrify
0: you all. I <laughs> fucking love it. <laughs> I'm kind
1: of on the side of those protesters now, because yeah. it's very confusing to have a conversation. When it's like, there's one thing, though, she's actually now a man. Who was into Iron Maiden, but like pre... Paul De- Bruce Dickinson, very Paul Diano, which we all know was the first two albums he was kicked out because he said he wanted more punk influences, but really, drink, 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 fight, 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 <laughs> and so now they then got Bruce Dickinson and run to the hills and the entire audience went, are you going to talk about a band of uh, uh, recent times? No. We're going to talk about fun bands like Iron Maiden. Let me ask you this fucking question. Does Taylor Swift have a giant zombie who comes out dressed like a pirate and the guitar player sword fights with her? No, she doesn't. Iron Maiden does. Their concert's clearly better. And so yeah. he's a metalhead, and, like, it's embarrassing. He has a ring that's a melted spoon that possibly is from Victorian England. Like, it's just, wow. it's embarrassing to the me. With. Yeah. No, but he doesn't even <laughs> do drugs. That's the fucking, br- that's what I, when I saw that, I was like, oh, you're doing cocaine. And he was like, no, I just like the look of it. It's very old. And I was like, what the fuck? And then he talks about Edgar Allan Poe, and, uh, and it's just, it's bizarre. But may I say this? What's fascinating about it is, um, Ladies who are attracted to him, it goes one of two ways. Either they love his look, they're all about it because he's making a choice that's clear, or they revile him in a way that, a- I saw him hit on a girl, and his classic move is he invites a girl after going a, on like a pub, where he would be like, hey, do you wanna go and get like a milkshake? Because in, in Canada, um, when the pubs close, uh, it's like late at night, but there's still things open, as opposed to here in London, when everything closes at midnight, unless you know like the one place to go called like the plum shoe, and you gotta know Tito, <laughs> and you gotta give him a secret handshake and be like, I'm a caucus Spaniel now. And then you say, ah, oh, Marie, good to see you again. And you can go in, but besides that, you're fucked. But in Canada, everything is still open because it's winter there and people get cold. And so you need to have a place to go inside, which means you end up eating in diners a lot near homeless people. But that's fun because seeing what they order is amazing. I once saw a large black homeless person order everything off of the menu and the waiter obviously hadn't worked there very long because this guy had no way of paying. He didn't even have a shirt on, and the (laughs) sign on the door clearly said, no shirt, no service, so he already knew. We were into breaking rules, and he ordered everything off one side of the menu. He ate most of it, asked for it to go, and when they brought him the bill, he just went, no, and ran away. And I respected him, and we chipped in and covered his bill so they wouldn't call the police on him. Guys, we need to start the show, correct? (laughs) The moral message of that show is very ambiguous. Like, <laughs> like you run into some trouble in your life, don't get a bank loan. Instead, sell meth, murder a bunch of people, <laughs> and then get shot by your own machine gun, and everything will work out. For those of you who haven't seen Breaking Bad, just ruin that show for you. One thousand apologies. Now, um, so uh, tonight's show is entitled. Um, I was originally going to try and not know the title, and I had them email it to me. And then my plan was I was going to get one of the bartenders downstairs. Uh, to write it out on a piece of paper so I could read it out to you. And then I thought, well, Paul does enjoy writing some really horrible shit, and I don't want to then walk up to a strange Camden bartender and be like, hi, could you read this out, just write this on a piece of paper, read it off my phone, and she's just writing like, the cunt bleeds for hours, Hastings. Go fuck yourself, and then just hands it back. What's this for? Comedy! All right. (laughs)
0: Um,
1: So tonight's show is entitled, who's excited? Are you Dan? Love it. First hand off. Audio, hand audio <laughs> yeah. She also put her hand up, or possibly now it may have transformed into a flipper <laughs> or wing, <laughs> which is of course your choice. It was yeah. actually the yeah. Oh, fuck yeah, fucking! <laughs> I, I could see why you work in social media because you you take what I've made and then you could create a common thread, keep going with it. And guess what? I liked your comment, although you probably are off Facebook now. looks like a much more hipster way. I politely nodded your comment. And don't uh, condone it later, also on Reddit. Uh, just shortage speak. Anyway, so <laughs> oh, tonight's. Yeah, for Reddit. Pardon me? I
0: was going for Reddit. Going for Reddit? Yeah, you nailed
1: it. Does anyone know how to use Reddit, <laughs> by the no way? No one knows know. how to use Reddit. So that's, so that's the fucking thing, right? Because I've been trying to figure that out for like a year.
0: no one knows how to use it, but they all use it.
1: Yeah. 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 But then how do we? Because I've tried to post things on it, and Mm. I tried to post a comedy video. I posted it in woman's literature. (laughs) I don't know how I did it, and then I got a bunch of angry emails from feminists being like, "Why did you put this thing of you being heckled by a German person in our thread?" And I like, "I don't." And then I was trying to delete it, and I didn't know how to do that. It was like it was so. It was a fucking weird day. It's just Uh, because
0: you. let get really specific, Jenny. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Like it's, within 4 minutes you're like uh, you're looking at a fucking thread about like female jugglers on their periods who are both hemophiliacs and also afraid of light and they don't use balls to juggle, it's only knives, but the knives don't have any blades, it's just knife handles and one day they will have their time too. And you're just like, "Why the fuck am I reading about this?
0: <laughs> I have a job."
1: And but still. All right. I'm going to fucking get to the title of the show. 20 minutes in, only getting to the title now. (laughs) Why? Because like most good things, we have a delightful introduction before the meaty Bart, or meaty part, because meaty Bart just sounds like we're about to eat a character from The Simpsons. Um, Tonight's show is entitled, oh, do I love this so much, Rectal Rage in the Post-Atomic Age. We are living in the post-atomic age. Are you guys aware of that? You guys aren't from... Uh, England, but have you taken trains up and down this country at all? Let me tell you something that's horrifying (laughs) if you go up towards the Midlands. You stop, a train stops at the base of a nuclear power plant. Because in the rest of the world, they keep trains and modes of public transportation away from nuclear power plants, because if there's some sort of meltdown, you don't want to kill a bunch of people just commuting from Nottingham to London. They're already having a bad day. They're either leaving Nottingham or going to Nottingham. Either way, they've seen something fucked up. And for those of you listening at home in Nottingham, I'm being completely honest. Your town is a pile of shit. Your shopping center is also your bus station. What does that say right there? Like it's just, there's something, it just fucking fills you with sadness that you are trying to buy a pair of jeans because you didn't properly pack when you're going to a comedy show in Nottingham, and you're like, I better go buy. Sometimes you don't plan, and so you go to buy jeans at H&M because you're only gonna wear them once, so you can buy H&M jeans, because for fuck- some fucking reason, those things can't hold their shape. Dan, any comment on the H&M quality? <laughs> <laughs> quality? for six pounds, what do
0: you expect?
1: I expect still quality, because I'm an indignant white man who wants <laughs> more bang for my buck. Good to mom. I, I have. <laughs> Are you saying Primark is better in quality than H&M? Yes. Get the fuck
0: out of here. Is that true? Yeah, because yeah. they get more... more- slaves in uh, Bangalore factories.
1: <laughs> 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 you can ooh, that's actually that's accurate to what's happening. <laughs> just yeah, it's it's yeah. A- in the same way that everyone you can be a moral vegan if you're using an iPhone still supporting yeah, special yeah, labor. Yeah, yeah. Like it, and again, and it, I said this, I'm recording this and it's going on iTunes. I'm very much part of the system, but I'm I'm, I'm getting in there and I'm gonna change it from within. No, I'm not, not. <laughs> but <laughs> I know my jeans won't last. But it, I did it's just it's a fucking shitty time. But you stop at a nuclear power plant, and it's the most fucking shocking rectal rage. What the fuck? It's just, it sounds like this amazing, like a B-movie title. Do you guys, again, I don't know where you're all from, but in, in Canada and I, you have them here too in the UK which is the discount movie theaters or cinemas, you know what I'm talking about? Where like it's the first first run movies eight months later. So right now they're showing seven years a slave, 12 years a slave. (laughs) They're not showing 12 years a slave, they're showing the discount version, seven years a slave, Um, which is you only get three quarters of the movie and you don't get the resolution. It's a very dark film. And there was one in uh, where I grew up in uh, in Canada, which is a town called Ottawa. Ottawa is the capital of Canada. And uh, to know, how do I describe Ottawa? Imagine London and you remove everything that's fun and leave the government, and then bars, and then uh, a shop that sells something called beaver tails. Not the tails of a beaver. A pastry covered in maple syrup and brown sugar in the shape of a beaver tail. It's delicious. (laughs) Ottawa, uh, actually, the number two slogan for Ottawa at one time was, we don't have fun, we're business. That was almost the fucking slogan of my hometown. What's the slogan of London? Probably like, who wants cocaine? Just do it quietly. London's, <laughs> or uh, Ottawa's is, we're not fun, but we have a job to do. <laughs> and so growing up there, and there was this mall um, called Westgate, or a shopping center, and every, everyone knows there's two types of shopping centers. There's the populated, fun, filled with cool shops. Would you like a Cinnabon? Is that a Yo Sushi? Why is River Island so big and yet has so few things in it? That kind of shopping center. And then there's the desolate, deserted shopping center. Old people having a cup of coffee. You know, ever see like old people? There's a certain age that old white people get to, where they gather in the morning and they don't talk. They just drink hot beverages around each other. I don't know what that is. But I think it's just they're literally checking to see who's alive and who's <laughs> won the day. Like, ah, Beatrice hasn't shown up. Finally, I would have to compete for that Kruller. Kruller is like a, a donut, uh, but it's filled with like honey and it's baked with wheat and it's fucking uh, delicious. And may I say, uh, donuts in the UK are fine, but they're a bit too bunny. If you go to North America, they're smaller and they're more like a little cake, but it's fried. And I don't know how you guys haven't really got behind donuts, because usually on this island if you fry, you could fry... A Nazi finger, and you fucking people would eat it. But <laughs> donuts elude you. Anyway, so there was um, this movie. Uh, the movie theater within that shopping center was called the Westgate uh, Westgate Twin, which meant it should have two screens, but it had three. So I only just realized how sad that was that whoever named it couldn't count. Anyway, it was the Westgate uh, Westgate Twin, and it showed discount movies. So it was for three Canadian dollars, which is a pound. You could see a movie, and when we were teenagers. That's where we would go with our dates. And you guys remember remember dating when you're 13? It's not really a date. It's mo- if you're a guy, it basically means you're being made fun of by your friends for being seen with a girl, even though all you guys talk about is the acquisition of vagina and what you would do with it. You see the nervousness of all the men in the room going, that's not, that's not what we did. That's <laughs> exactly what we did. Like your face, it, it, gives, it gives how old are you, brother? You <laughs> could have been, right? You're 21? Yes. So you do still have some residual nervousness, because you are here with a girl, you're afraid some of your school chums are yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> It's worse, for twins. Yeah. You're twins? Yeah. Even <laughs> fucking worse! Wow! I wanted twins, like that!
1: <laughs> you, guys, you guys, the only thing that matches with you is your haircut, is that yeah. on purpose?
0: You should have no No.
1: Well, may I say one of you is either going to get a haircut based on the tone of that conversation <laughs> right there. <laughs> it should be you, because that looks fucking great, and you just look like the roadie for a band. It should be good. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Like, you look like you work for the Dave Matthews Band, which on paper should be a great band. They have a black saxophone player and a fiddle player. How could you fuck that up? Oh, they fucked it up. They, uh, fuck you, Dave Matthews. I know you're listening, Dave. Anyway, so we would go there all the time. Uh, with girls, and by girls I mean like the three girls that would hang out with us, because we were the like the punks, and this was before punk was cool. Like this was before some 41 and and Blink 182. Like we were literally listening to like the Ramones in 1999, <laughs> and just like pimply and weird and would do things like people would be like, I, I spat on a guy named Dan Galarno because he asked me why do I have a chain on my wallet? I could have said because I thought it was cool, but instead I spat in his face. I was an angry young man. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> girls, this one girl was hanging out with us and um, I lied her name, out. her name was Jessie Desmond and she was dating our friend Steve, but our friend Liam was in love with her. So she said, yeah, I'll also uh, date you Liam so she created a love triangle and then Steve to cover it when they were, for some reason she then arranged to have a date at the same time to go see a movie, which was, she's all that for those of you, do you guys, I don't know how they you, Dan. 13. Yeah. 13. Me? 13. yeah. 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 Cause yeah. how old are you? 29? 29. I'm 30. Yeah. She's all that right in our wheelhouse. <laughs> so we've right. just started <laughs> masturbating. There could be tits in this movie. We will be going to see it. The plot of it is this, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, who was a handsome man, and now works for the World Wrestling Federation, fun fact. Um, he plays like the cool dude at the high school, even though when the movie was made, 27 years old, I think. And he uh, gets um, a bet with one of his friends that he can transform one of the nerdy girls into a hot lady. Yeah, we no, lady, no woman who's reading books, your intellectualism will get in the way of your one purpose as a woman, which is to be a machine for fucking. That, that was done with irony, by the way. Please <laughs> cut off the judgmental <laughs> stares you all turned on for a second. I didn't really get the sarcasm enough in that fun comment going. <laughs> what are we watching? Welcome to a weird TED Talk. Women and the problems they've caused. Now, uh, again, that was a joke. So that was the part of the movie. So we go to it, and me and, and Paul, who titled uh, the show uh, uh, Rectal Rage in the atomic e- pre- post-atomic age, uh, we all go uh, uh, to see the movie, and Liam thinks she's on a date. Uh, With Jesse and Steve knows he's on a date, uh, with Jesse and uh, and they both are like nervously trying to touch her because again in those days you remember being thirteen right and because I you straight or gay? No, straight. You're straight. Again, just it helps with the story. (laughs) (laughs) But I like that in 2015 that you didn't have the like I'm straight. You went straight, but. You know, there's never a river long enough that doesn't contain a band. Anyway, so, but you remember that first time there's the possibility of touching a girl. The ner- Were you nervous the first? Yeah, yeah. Like, how nervous were you? <laughs> I know you're saying... We're not talking about fucking. We're talking about holding hands. <laughs> I don't know this is going. I'm going to ask you the same question in a second, so fucking calm down with your awkwardness. You get to give it back.
0: Out of 10? Yeah, out of 10. That's a great scale. Uh, probably about AM6. Six. Oh,
1: 6? Six. Really? You're a fucking cool-handed son of a bitch. I was like an 11 out of 10. (laughs) My palms were so sweaty that I left a stain on this girl Emily's jeans when I went, (laughs) did you
0: enjoy that movie? Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's fucked up. I see her now for breakfast when I go home uh, at Christmas in Canada. And she brought it up the last time in front of her husband... And her young daughter, but she didn't give the context of it was a handprint. She just said, remember when you stained me? I was like, oh, oh God. Oh, we're in a Denny's. It is uncomfortable. Because, of course, the conception, I think, from men, and this might just be me, but I think at that age, we think that girls have figured it out, and we're like lumbering weird idiots. But you're, you're a lady. At that time, the first time a boy like grabbed your hand, I'm sure, were you nervous as well? Yep. How nervous were you? with the holding of hands did he have a hook or something like that <laughs>
0: <laughs> and there just you're never quite sure if it's going to be like really sweaty I know right or if he's because I think as a girl you're really aware that the guy's really nervous as well
1: Oh yeah, because yeah, no guy has a poker face when it comes to the acquisition. Yeah,
0: exactly. exactly. So the
1: happen. acquisition of pussy was about to be my sentence, by the way. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I am. Oh boy, I am not a misogynist, but based on that last sentence, there's something inside <laughs> me that would like to get out. The acquisition of pussy. That would be the sequel to this movie, uh, Rectal Rage in the Post Atomic Age. So you you you're aware of the nerve. You're what happened to some of the girls in your school? Like, they get so nervous, they grab the hand, and they go,
0: this is coming with me! And then
1: you start biting your wrist? Yeah. That's, no, 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 it's
0: just, it's just some guys get completely, like, tongue-tied and kind of freak out a little bit. And they get really awkward, and then that would be, like, the end of the conversation, or the end of the date, or whatever. Fuck. Yeah.
1: I'm so glad I'm not a teenager. I think about it all the time. I saw, because I was coming here... I was on, and there was a, there's a skate park sort of at the top of that hill. I don't know how Camden aware you guys are, but there's a skate park. And a bunch of just, like, pimply youths got on. And because they're all 14-year-old boys, they're best of friends, but which means they treat each other like the worst people. Like, And literally, one of them got on, and one of them sat down, and the other one went, you don't sit on a bus. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why, where what are you supposed to do, stand, you asshole? You sit... On a bus. That's why you. That's why the chairs are there. If not, how gross would the night bus be? If we were. You need those chairs there to block you from the like deep breathy weird Polish guy, <laughs> with like stringy black hair. He's definitely drinking on the bus, but he's trying to hide it. Even though everyone's drinking on the bus, but he's brought like a weird beverage. Like he's drinking pina colada out of a bottle that's a bit too big, and he just keeps looking <laughs> back at you and. Giving you a wink, and you're like, I don't know. Am I going to have to hold your hand? Will you eat mine? Like, well, it's, it's fucking enraged. It's just, it's yeah. It's just, there should be a course, which is, hey, teenagers, don't be such dickbags. Anyway, so um, the whole, uh, the date's happening, and, and they're both, you can see they're angling, and me and, and my friend Paula, I remember we were sat behind them, and we were watching uh, the whole thing kind of transpire, which as I look back on this in hindsight, Creepiest thing I think I've done in my entire life. And I've masturbated outside Fred bet. And I, again, thought that would be a joke. Just two people laughed and the rest of you were like, oh, that's definitely serious. How uncomfortable for us it to know. <laughs> it's absolutely serious. January 1st, 2000. We were all making bets of what can we do for to be the first thing of the millennium. And I said, I'll be the first (laughs) Canadian to masturbate outside. Minus 35 degree weather. It hurt like a son of a bitch, but I fucking did it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You figure that's uncomfortable. It was brought up at one of my friend's weddings during a speech, which is we all thought blank. I'm going to not say any more names because I have to edit all of this out because my friends do listen. And then they're like, we have jobs and families. Can you not (laughs) not use this as fodder for your weird art? And I'm like, no. Andy Warhol used the Empire State Building. The dumb shit we did as Canadian teens is my filming the Empire State Building for a certain amount of time. I tried to make a pretentious metaphor, but it <laughs> fell apart midway because I couldn't remember all the facts. Anyway, so uh, so yeah, I uh, brought up at a wedding. And it suddenly like, oh, all the crazy things that we've done. We expected crazier behavior out of blanks friends. And then someone pointed at me and went, like the time John masturbated outside and the entire, like you've never felt a silence fall through a wedding. <laughs> and the guy giving the speech too, like he just kept going with confidence. Like he was just like, boom, fact number one. And then dropped another horrible fact about another friend of ours and the girth of his penis. And it was just like, oh God. And then. <laughs> The capper, which was the fact that the bride had definitely made out with one of the other groomsmen before she started dating her husband. Well, you've never seen a line at the open bar form faster in your entire life. <laughs> but still, a very fun event. Anyway, so we were at that, and then it finally transpires that we watched the whole movie, and uh, Liam finally figures out that the dating is all uh, what's going on, and that he's been cuckolded. In this weird way obviously he wasn't aware of that term because we were 13 and we didn't have the internet so back in those days sex was just between at the most three people as opposed to now where who the fuck knows what's going on on that internet like it's just it's yeah anyway and I'm, I'm 30 i don't consider myself a prude but i inadvertently like clicked on to something else a friend of mine was watching and it just said the word teenager or not teenager cheerleader gagged uncomfortable and i was like i don't think i Who doesn't delete their history? Anyway, so it was just very, anyway, back to that. So that whole thing happens. And then Jessie just, she goes, you boys figure it out. And she left. And now the four of us are in an abandoned mall. And I remember Liam had a skateboard and he just yelled, this is what I want to do. And he ran into the car park and just threw the skateboard uh, into a bush. And then he ran away because he was crying and he didn't want us to see him even though he yelled, I'm crying. It was a weird day. (laughs) (laughs) But it brings me to this, which is, I feel there was a concern for a long time that movies would go away with the internet, Netflix, all of that sort of stuff. I don't think cinema's ever gonna go away, mostly because people like saying the phrase cinema. I love it, because I'm not from here. So you guys use cinema to describe any type of movie going experience in Canada. What the fuck is going on? Shut the fuck up, phone. And uh, did I turn my phone off? No. I apologize. Anyway, so (laughs) um, so but here cinema describes normal movie theaters where I'm from cinema that describes when you're 21 and you have gone from being a punk rocker to you're now in theater school. You're living in Montreal, which is in French Canada, um, which is sort of like it's like New York if in no way like New York and so (laughs) Canada has a big fucking authority or inferiority problem with the United States so we always go like Toronto it's like our Los Angeles with snow and then I want to be like so nothing like Los Angeles at all and then they say well Montreal it's like our New York because it's both gothic structured type arch architectural cities that's the only similarity like New York is culturally incredibly different There's no French people in New York. (laughs) Montreal, mostly French people. That's a big difference. They could be like Montreal. It's like Canada's Paris. But with English people being treated slightly more politely than when you visit France. Also, may I say, I don't believe in stereotypes. I've been to France. They are quite rude when you say you live in England. And I was shocked as all get out because I speak a little bit of French. And I was like... By a little bit of French, I can do this. Bonjour, je m'appelle Jean. Je veux faire uh, uh, toilette. Ah, bien, un, deux bières. Au revoir. That is, hello, my name is John. Where is the toilet? <laughs> Two beers. Goodbye. And it's all you really need when you're on vacation. Où est le sandwich? Where is sandwich? Not exactly accurate, but they'll figure it out. <laughs> unless, unless there's a guy in, in an area of Paris called Sandwich, and I want to go with to the sandwich district. Delightful would that be? Because you know it would be like an escargot with like like slow roasted venison for some reason, and it's served by a cigarette smoking ingenue looking lady named Sophie, and you go up and be like, "Oh, uh, can I have the escargot?" And she goes, "No." And you go, "Why?" And goes, "You don't deserve it." And he was like, "I don't. I want it even more now." Something about it. It's just because the thing with France that I find very fascinating is that they're an incredibly right-wing country at times and very, very against a lot of immigration, a lot of their policies are quite concerning. But we all kind of just ignore that and blame other, like Germany, which is actually going quite left I know what you're thinking, John, are we getting political? In some ways, in that I read half of The Guardian today, (laughs) Uncle Buck was on ITV2, so I was mostly focused on that. (laughs) So uh, some of the news may be confused, like I'm probably gonna start talking about Bernie Sanders and then conclude talking about that scene when Uncle Buck drills into the bedroom door to save his niece from having sex with Bug, but she's already left because she doesn't feel she's old enough to have sex with Bug. You guys haven't seen the movie Uncle Buck, so you have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. Let me just say this, stars Macaulay Culkin and John Candy, and if you've ever ever had a bad day, pop that on Netflix. Guess what happens to your bad day? It goes fucking bye-bye. It's the story of an uncle learning to come to grips with being parts of a family, and you will fucking cry. And I don't even mean like, ooh, so sad, just more like, I need to get a family like that. We should move to Chicago. And it's just, so anyway, so, What was i talking about movie theaters this show shouldn't be called anything can be a podcast podcast it should be called tangent and friends anyway um but they think it's gonna die and it never will because you need movie theaters when you're young as a place to go that's dark so your parents can't catch you pretending to be adults because that's what adolescence is you go from 12 years old playing with lego 13 Someone informs you about masturbation. You get hair on weird parts of your body. This is only for men. I don't know the female experience of adolescence because I was, I was only a woman briefly, and that's <laughs> when I was a drag queen in my post-university years. I'll tell that story in a GIF. It's quite delightful. Actually, it's not even very long. Here's what it was. I went to theater school, needed an acting job. Job called for a, a white tall man to play a psychiatrist. And then one of the drag dancers dropped out and they went, John, we'll just teach you how to do it and you get a slightly bigger salary. And I went, fuck yeah. And so I was a drag queen for six weeks. My father did ask, John, does that mean you're gay? And I said, no, it just means I'm getting paid. And he went, ah, at least there's a reason. And it actually <laughs> really brought us closer together. And it was a very bizarre experience because uh, it was performing within, it was in French Canada, in Montreal, and it was for uh, a drag queen named Mideau And Mado is incredibly popular in French Canada and Japan. And so we'd have to do matinee shows for Japanese tour groups. Now, these Japanese tour groups did not speak English or French, which were the only two languages of the play. And it was a shit play. Here was the plot. A, uh, uh, A drag queen wants to become Celine Dion, so she tries to clone Celine Dion, but we couldn't get the music rights. So there's then just some weird awkward dance numbers and then me playing the psychiatrist tries to kill her And then it's revealed it wasn't me at all that was an actual play (laughs) that that sold out i had to pay taxes on performing in that i pirouetted it was it was absolutely bizarre it was an amazing exposure into the gay community it completely confirmed me being uh straight because when you're around that and this was pre-grinder gay community this was just literally like i remember like people phoning up each other Pointing it, it was just, and I just was like, I need to go do manly things like chop wood. And they're like, we do that too. And you're like, oh well, it's 2004. Homophobia is still alive and well in Canada at this point. <laughs> and they're like, oh, it's good. You're going to tell the story in 2015 and, and and make everyone feel sort of comfortable but sort of uncomfortable. Yes, I will. Imaginary person, I'm for some reason staring at the <laughs> podcast. Anyway, but I don't think I, and I I think that that's the amazing thing about uh, about movies. I think that it's very bizarre now. Um uh the Oscars, it's my favorite are we Oscar fan? I don't know what's the British relationship to the Oscars over here? Yeah, we like it. You like it? Yeah, we yeah, watch it's it. Good. You watch it? Oscar parties, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's fu- I, I fucking find it so fascinating. I find it enraging they don't let a comedian host it anymore. Now they're trying to get song and dance people. It's the comedian's job. It's the because at that like The Oscars were started as a big celebration of film, and film was the pinnacle of show business. That was the top, top, top. You could get a house on the hill. You wouldn't need to travel. You could live in California. And it was the opportunity for comedians, which are, we're carnival folk with homes. Like, that's all a comedian is. It's it's literally, it goes uh, sword swallowers, professional wrestlers, bearded lady, comedians, then the guy who gets coffee on a film set. Like, he's above us. And that's the time where we get to perform. And it's amazing. There's so many big revolutions uh, that came out of the Oscars. It was a big platform uh, for Joan Rivers, who invented uh, red carpet coverage. I don't know if guys are aware of that. And there was a giant controversy because she was not listed uh, under the memoriam. And, uh, and Melissa Rivers, her daughter, uh, then wanted to sue the Academy Awards over that. And then she didn't because the Academy Awards have a lot of money, and she's Melissa Rivers. And she needs to save some of that money her mom left her. Because I don't really know what Melissa River does, besides being mispronounced uh, by me. But now, let's finally get to it. Um, Other things. Uh, I'm just looking at the title again, because again, it's improvised, so I'm trying to uh, find. uh, Fuck you, John. Um, There I was trying to reach for a bit uh, to go into, and then my brain completely brain. That's what it was. Okay. Rectal rage in the post-atomic age. It runs. yes? Good, thank you for confirming that. <laughs> 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 that was a beautiful moment. <laughs> yeah, Dan, just the way you're sat, we just continually are locking eyes. And I'm not trying to just stare deeply into your face. It's just it's where you are in the room. Uh, are you uncomfortable?
0: Yeah, no, I just want to check that we're in sync and stuff rhymes and you're comfortable
1: with it. Fuck yeah, brother. Um, <laughs> you know, this, it really strikes me, and th- this will be the, the second last point, and then there we have the closing bit, and then you guys are dismissed to go on with your Sunday um is this it sounds like old school uh a rap but like you are 21 right yeah. so the only rap you did you were you even aware of gangster rap
0: yeah like nwa
1: the way you said that though it just because there were was it dangerous music when you first heard it no. i remember when we got an nwa record we had to wait for the parents to leave the house because it's the second song is called Cop Killer. We can't be found listening to that. We will be grounded for sure. It's just, it's so strange how rap specifically has gone from fucking like NWA like street music talking about poverty and the, and the poetry of what's happening to uh, black America in the 80s to Kanye West. And I don't, I don't hate, I love him because he's acting like all celebrities should act. He's in a Dayglo t shirt with fake Macho Man Randy Savage sunglasses, angry that people aren't getting the correct awards. And then when his fame was diminishing, he married Kim Kardashian. They contractually, obligatedly created a baby, got in all of the tabloids. Like, Kim Kardashian, you as people living in England, you shouldn't fucking know who she is. The TV show has never been on. Who is Kim Kardashian? Mm, She's like a celebrity personality, reality show. Yeah, isn't it? fucked up that people know, it's just the most bizarre thing, well, basically who she is, right, is, um, okay, O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson was a football player. You can't believe this is gonna connect, but fucking watch me do it. (laughs) O.J. Simpson was a football player, and he, as it turned out, bit of a murderer. And he murdered his ex-wife and her boyfriend. Then, to make sure that he didn't go to jail for that crime, he hired seven defense attorneys. Usually, you have one but when you're definitely the murderer and, and the prosecution has things like the murder weapon, the bloody glove, your car covered in both your blood and your ex-wife's blood, you need more than one defense attorney to cover all of that clear evidence of what is definitely a crime. So uh, you hire seven of them, one of them. Was a guy named Bob Kardashian. Bob Kardashian was one of the best um, defense attorney, criminal defense attorneys in Los Angeles uh, throughout the 80s and 90s. It was a great time to be a criminal defense attorney in the uh, United States, particularly in California, because the LAPD corrupt as fuck. Everyone was getting arrested for a bunch of things. He made a big name for himself was a big advocate for civil rights. Was actually a very impressive guy. Unfortunately, became friends with O.J. Simpson and became one of two lawyers that were the uh, leads. The other one. Uh, was a guy named uh, Johnny Cochran. Johnny Cochran was famous for always rhyming his defense uh, closing statements, the famous one from the I know you're thinking, how is this going to Kim Kardashian? Fucking wait (laughs) for the turn, my friends! Um, uh, Was uh, If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. What they had done is they had coated OJ Simpson's uh, hands in liquid that would make them swell, so when he put on leather gloves uh, that he supposedly was wearing when he murdered his wife, they wouldn't completely fit, showing that he couldn't have been wearing those gloves. If they'd waited another ten minutes for the swelling to go down, he would be in jail right, that, uh, right now for that crime. Instead, he's in jail uh, for stealing a shirt that someone had stolen from him. Because in, Me- in America, they don't forget. And so, uh, O.J. is found uh, innocent. Bob Kardashian and Johnny Cochran both die of cancer, very, very young, proving that karma is real and is a bitch. Now, Bob Kardashian has left a void within the Kardashian family. His oldest. Uh, daughter Kim steps up and says, there's only one way this family is going to keep making money. I am going to have sex with Ray J, the brother of Moesha from television's Moesha. We're going to film it, secretly leak it, and I will become famous. They do that. She denies being famous. Her mother then parlays that into a reality show. Well, she's married to a, an athlete named Bruce Jenner. More on that in a second. Kim Kardashian... <laughs> And uh, the Kardashian clan rise up into fame. She has a fake wedding with a basketball star uh, that he didn't even was aware that it was a fake wedding. And then sued them for $5 million to get it back over uh, tarnishing his name. They uh, finally get to the point where the reality show has run its course. And uh, Bruce Jenner, who's long been experimenting with uh, plastic surgery, and a lot of people thought was looking more and more feminine as it it goes on, uh, reveals that he's actually trans transitions into being a woman named Caitlyn Jenner on the way to getting that transition surgery, murder someone with his car. Don't know how that happened and why that's not more discussed. Anyway, that happens. In all of the midst of that, Kim gets lost in the shuffle. Then enters our very good friend, president of the (laughs) hip-hop nation, Kanye Orville uh, West. Don't think his middle name is Orville, but it should be, right? Because then he could be K-O-W. Time for a little pal up in your <laughs> bitch. You know what I mean. That could be a rhyme. Kanye, if you're listening, and I know you are, you can have that rhyme. It's for you. Um, uh, and they get married, and now they have a child named Northwest, which proves that rap isn't nearly as cool as it once was. Here's the story of the notorious Big. He he sold crack. He started rhyming about it with his friends. Then he became a millionaire, and then was really fat, and then got shot. A much better story. Now. Finally, we conclude, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Paul has also been told uh, to, to ask me uh, to do something um, and to sh- close the show. Uh, today, I said anything sort of activity, and he said, I want you to tell the story of the time uh, David lost his mind. So um, me and my friends, when we were growing up, we were uh, straight edge, we're all familiar with that concept straight edge. No drugs, no alcohol, no women, no caffeine. A couple of the things, Uh, weren't really our choice, such as when you're 14, no women, no one was really talking to us. (laughs) We had back knee and chain wallets, like no girl was coming anywhere near us. Uh, Second of all, no alcohol, you can't drink when you're 14. No drugs, we had no connections. And no caffeine, I don't wanna meet a 14 year old who's having two (laughs) cups of coffee. How depressing is that future extra in a Tom Waits music video gonna be? Like, just this haggard, how old are you? 15, oh my God. How much do you smoke? I don't. Eleven lattes before I leave the house.
0: <laughs>
1: the The foamer burns my face, and so, um, and so, we, and we basically we just hung out all the time. One of the things we would do is we would go back to, to my house at uh, after school, and we'd watch Full House. Full House was a TV show. I don't know if you guys did you guys get Full House? Yeah. Over here? Did you get Full House? And Full House it's the story of a guy named uh, Danny Tanner whose wife dies, so his two friends move in to help him raise his daughters and but it's way too squeaky clean and looking back on it is one of the worst television shows ever one of the catchphrases was this guy named Joey Gladstone who was supposedly a stand-up comedian but he wasn't because all of his jokes was he would just say cut it out and that was his catchphrase <laughs> and for some reason it was the two fingers and we know this is an it This is the international symbol for fingering. And so again, a visual joke for an audio show. And so we would watch that show uh, every day. Uh, Me, my friend Paul, and then my friend David. And my friend David, he, he went like full Sid Vicious. Like he was like that stereotype of like a teenager who goes away for a summer and like before that he's like in shorts and a shirt his mom bought him, And he came back after the summer in like a leather jacket, black shirt, black jeans, spikes everywhere big, spiky hair, not talking to anyone. Huh? He went to the arts high school that was down the road from our high school, and then later my university roommate turned out went to, was in David's class, and while all the other kids would eat lunch, uh, David would run around the soccer field uh, t- uh, chasing the ducks and goose, yelling birds, birds, birds at them. Oh, also, David doesn't swear. We've never heard him swear in our entire life, and we've asked him about it, and he won't answer the question, because David's a fucking kook, and here's the first time his kookiness... Came about which is we're watching Full House talking about our days you know you're 14 conversation runs up quickly because you like what did you do today math math is fucking dumb you're right what did you do and so David starts yelling at the TV um, I want to kill Dave Coulier who is the guy actor who plays Joey Gladstone on Full House Um, why he knew the actor's name I don't know and is kind of creepy and does kind of lead me to believe that he was a bit of a stalker. And he starts screaming this, keep in mind, my mom is in the house. We have neighbors. And he starts just yelling, I'm gonna kill Dave Coulier with a crossbow. I'm gonna kill Dave Coulier with a crossbow. And then we started trying to fight him so he would shut the fuck up. But he was all covered in leather and spikes. So it was like punching a (laughs) tank. And and he finally crashes into the wall. And because his clothes weren't clothing, it was metal. He scratched the paint of the wall, the audience here could see the scratch motion I made. Those of you at home, go over to a wall and then run your fingers down the wall and go scratch and you'll understand what I've done. And, and he did that and then he just went, Aah! and then ran out of the house. And years later, we asked him why he did that. And he said, I was going to meet a girl and I didn't want you guys to come because I was afraid you'd make fun of me. So I wanted to create a distraction. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for
1: coming to the show. I'll be over there. Any money you want to donate, muchly appreciated. Thank you so much. Our next show is November the 1st. If you want to come back, it'll be a completely different show. Download the show, johnaciscomic.com. You're the best. Thank you very much. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs>